0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. An
1: important uh, word of warning on this Monday as we get rolling on Fantasy Sports Daily. Here it is. We are busy. We are crazy busy. There was a lot that went down in week 14 of Sunday NFL slash Fantasy Football Action. And we are here to break it all down. Kyle Lofing and Ray Flowers with you. FSD back for another week. Powered by FantasyGuru.com. Ray, I was noting that uh, almost too much happened. You know, every week we go long on a Monday. Like I always say, oh, we get out of it in an hour. Um, I'll say it right now. I, I don't have any preordained thoughts that we're going to get out of here in just an hour. We're, we're going to be longer today, I think.
0: There's a lot going on. Um, no doubt about that. We were just joking about it before the show, how you put lists together sometimes and it's 10 and you're saying it's 25 things this week that really hit on. So I'll stop talking. Let's get right into it. How about that?
1: How about that? Ray Flowers will stop talking for just a few moments. Um, I will keep talking for a few more moments. We welcome everybody in, no matter where you're at—Facebook uh, or YouTube or X. Maybe you've uh, downloaded the podcast. You've subscribed. Ho- subscribed. Hopefully. Gosh, I sound like my son. He's 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 four and a half. Ray, and instead of saying, you know, it hurted you know, I just said it subscribed. No, no, it (laughs) subscribed. (laughs) It hurted. No, it hurt. (laughs) Anyway, if you'd like to subscribe to us, we'd love to get you on board. And also um, as always five star reviews. We love those. Let the people know what you think, uh, whether it's on the YouTube channel that we have here at fantasy guru, or certainly on the app. Uh, We always like to uh, tell you at the start, if we've got any new specials and today, Ray, is one of those days we've got specials, right? A new one on this Monday.
0: Yeah, we've always got the promo code FSD20, FSD20. That gets you a 20% discount on all the products. So if you want to sign up for basketball or baseball or hockey or racing or anything we've got over at fantasyguru.com, it's FSD20. Now, though, we've got a new promo code, Ho Ho, Kyle. Ho Ho. ho. Oh, H O H O. Ho Ho. Uh, that actually gets you the rest of the season football product because we're getting closer to the end of the season now, right? Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for $99. It's now $74.99. So if you use the promo code ho ho, that should get it to you for $74.99. If it doesn't, throw both promo codes in there, HOHO and FSD20. It'll drop down the rest of the season football to $74.99. That gets you betting, seasonal, and DFS through the regular season and all of the playoffs. So all the way through this uh, Super Bowl, promo code ho ho. 75 dollars the rest of the way
1: you mentioned the regular season Uh, for many fantasy players many in our audience i'm uh, guessing that yesterday was the end of the uh, regular season so congratulations to those who are still alive um and for those who maybe came up short dfs baby and of course fantasy guru has all that coverage day in day out uh getting you set for the upcoming weeks okay what is on the docket today well of course Week 14 reaction, and uh, you can see it right there, a lot of things, a lot of things. Um, unfortunately, some injuries, Justin Jefferson, C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert. Uh, we'll, of course, talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. Ivan Tony just can't figure it out, I guess. Uh, Zach Wilson might be figuring it out. Lo and behold, he might have saved his career <laughs> with his effort against the Houston Texans on Sunday. Uh, the backups are shining in Cincinnati. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, Sunday night football. How about this? For the first time since like 2019, the Eagles offense did not find the end zone. Great timing, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and DeAndre Swift. So, of course, we'll talk about that. And we will look ahead to a busy Monday night. Uh, we've actually got a double header um, Every Monday, we visit with Ryan Clifford to kind of preview the DFS showdown slate. Uh, But tonight we have two games, both of them starting at 815 Eastern Uh, Green Bay, who is uh, starting to catch up to Detroit Packers are on the road, taking on the New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans are taking on the Miami Dolphins down in South Florida. The Dolphins also making up some ground. Uh, They're kind of competing with the Ravens more so than some other AFC powerhouses. Uh, So let us begin, Ray, Uh, where to start, where to start, where to start. I guess we'll start with probably where everybody is starting today, whether you care about football or fantasy football or not, uh, Chiefs Bills. Um, Let's get the big one out of the way first, which doesn't, I I don't want to say it has a direct impact on what we do here, Ray, uh, but it did have impact because any Patrick Mahomes owner could have used that touchdown and they could have used those 50 yards and the Travis Kelsey owner could have used the catch and maybe the extra 25 yards. And for any sucker who was playing, I you know, Kadarius Tony, maybe they could have used that touchdown. Um, I, I will say this, Ray. Um, I, I don't want to hear it from the Chiefs. I'm sorry. It's like, get over it. And And I get it that everybody's given a warning. But as the referee said, or one of the refs said in the pool reporting after the game, yeah, we give warnings. But we don't when the guy is lined up so far into the neutral zone that we can't even see the football. So they had to call it, and they threw the flag before the play. I I, I think it's very telling when the argument from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid boils down to this: it was a really cool play, so it should count. Like, I'm sorry, Ray. I have no time for the Chiefs' argument this morning.
0: Jeff Man's uh, gotten a lot of trouble yesterday for saying the same thing uh and Chiefs Nation attacked him as if this was the most horrendous call in the history of football and it's like look it, it was it's a penalty and I, I saw so many people say well they should have told him they should have warned him they shouldn't have called in that situation this is like we have this in all sports right like it's LeBron James so it's not traveling no yeah. it's still traveling and it doesn't matter whether you know you got slapped on the arm where you're going for that layup in the for- first quarter of the fourth quarter penalty is a penalty a foul is a foul and I think that it was you know he lined up wrong. The, the, the video, the the photography, the shots of it. Inconc- it's inconclusive. He's it's I mean, it's conclusive, excuse me. Yeah. He's over the line of scrimmage with his foot, his head's covering the football up, like he's offside. Like it's it's he's offside. And we say it all the time. We always focus on the last play of the game or the big play with the penalty or whatever. But you had 60 minutes of football to make plays. And you know, the play that was in the first quarter is just as important as the play that was in the fourth quarter. Bottom line is the Chiefs got beat. Uh, They had another game where they had nothing. um, And for the greatest quarterback in football, and arguably the greatest offensive coach in football, to have nothing for offense, nothing for Mm -hmm. now a month, it's pretty shocking, Kyle. Yeah, and, and it's
1: really been the trend this season. And, hey, all good things eventually come to a close. You know, no, no well, except you're, when you're the Patriots and they last for 20 years. But, <laughs> you know, usually, Ray, these windows are about five years. And the Chiefs have been awesome. And, Ray, they're still a contender. I, I mean, I'm not driving the stake into their heart and saying they're finished. But this offense has been down most of the season mm-hmm. from their usual heights. Yep. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey's still making catches and touchdowns are there. But the yardage is way down for him. Uh, Now you've lost Pacheco. Um, It's good to see Rashi Rice is making strides. You know, a few weeks ago, it's kind of like, ah, you know, I don't know everybody else is fired up about him. I'm not so fired up. He's been good. I I think he has solidified his spot. Uh, But Mahomes is just not putting up the numbers that that people expect. And hey, let it be said, neither of these guys did yesterday. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, Ray, uh, neither of them were top 10 in quarterback scoring this week. Uh, which I think you would always bet on one of the two being top 10 and like Buffalo was so good in the first half. Like they were flying around offensively. James Cook was making plays and their offense went to sleep in the second half. So I don't think either team is in a great spot. I mean, Gabe Davis, another goose egg, Stefan Diggs has been really quiet for a month. Buffalo gets the win, but both these teams are probably less than we've Seen in years past when you look at the two teams, certainly the two offenses.
0: Yeah, three months ago, this was like, wow. And even going to the game yesterday, you like to think, oh, the stars are going to show up. It's going to be 31 28. There's going to be, you know, 800 yards of offense and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that you, I mean, Stefan Diggs has, Stefan Diggs is one of the, the highest producing wide receivers in football since he became a Bill. He's a superstar in the fantasy space. Hasn't done anything for a while. He's not doing anything. He's getting the targets, not catching the ball. Uh, there are whispers that he's not fully healthy. Fine, mm-hmm. catch the ball, like I, yeah. you know, um, uh, yeah, it with like two fifteen to go. Yeah,
1: at the line of scrimmage. I yeah. mean, if you're a star, you even if you're not, yeah. like that's the kind of stuff that's infuriating, Ray. That's a really important catch just to keep the clock running, mm-hmm. to eat up a timeout by the yep. Chiefs, whatever it is. And you drop that, and it's like, dude, I get it. You're getting paid eighteen million bucks, but please, can you make the catch? You know, on a, a two yard toss. To your hands, and, hand and, like and that. this
0: this happens at like what, seventy five percent, half the star wide receivers in this league. They get to a point where they start bitching about stuff off the field, and their performance goes in the toilet. It's really weird how this goes, right? But yeah, Diggs not showing up. I think it's even more vexing. Uh Gabe Davis. We've talked a lot about the Deshaun yeah. Jackson parallels. Gabe Davis is is more up and down than deshaun jackson was because deshaun but jackson went
1: down then up with yeah. Dave davis
0: and deshaun jackson didn't play games where he led his team in routes run and let his team in snaps <laughs> played and didn't see a target right man not a cock budget but he led this he, again i'll repeat this he led the receiving crew in targets i mean excuse me in snaps and routes run and he saw two targets and he didn't catch them. like i and we could talk about a lot of things, but the bottom line is when your offense has a second, your second wide receiver is as likely to go for a touchdown of 90 yards as he is to catch zero passes, your offense has problems to your point as well. When well,
1: you mentioned the second wide receiver, um, Dalton Kincaid has made strides here in recent weeks, but we saw the return of Dawson Knox on yep. Sunday. Knox had, what, three catches. Kincaid had five. A Kincaid owner, are they still starting him every week? And and I think th- the answer to me is fairly evident just because of what else are you going to at tied in? Um, I doubt you can go out and get David and Joku. You know, I don't think that's available. So I think a Kincaid owner is probably just stuck with him at this point. Aren't they right? Even with the, the fear of Knox kind of chewing into some right. of his workload.
0: And we talked about this we, – well, we've been talking about this the last month since Knox got hurt. The the real negative to the Bills' offense is the fact that Khalil Shakir is not going to be part of the offense anymore. Mm-hmm. We saw that yesterday. He was on the field a lot, but only saw one target. Knox is basically going to cannibalize the work that was going to Shakir. Is he going to take looks away from Kincaid? Yeah, okay, maybe a couple. And that does maybe cut the ceiling games off, right? Those seven catches, 90-yard touch. Okay, maybe now it's five for 55 or something. For Kincaid, But to your point, Kincaid is still a starter. I agree with you. Even yesterday, Knox ran 17 routes to 43 for Kincaid. So there's a huge gap there. Uh, Kincaid is still a starter, but we do have to worry a little bit if we're Kincaid owner because Knox, one thing he has done over the last couple of years, even when he's not doing a lot, he's a red zone threat. And so that's that's an issue for Kincaid. So again, I think the ceiling has, has been lowered a little bit. One last thing uh,
1: from this game, which the Bills won by a field goal uh, 20 to 17. And it, it might be one of the bigger developments for us in our fantasy world, right? What'd you think of Clyde Edwards Alaire? And what'd you think of that backfield for the Chiefs? Because Pacheco was out with the shoulder. Um, he could very well miss a few weeks here. Uh, the Chiefs are, are not really saying anything this late in the season. They don't want to play their hand and, and tell people what the deal is. But Clyde Edwards Alaire, I guess it was 13 touches. Um, the Chiefs were down early, 14 to nothing, which did him no favors. And kind of gave Jarek McKinnon a lot more run than we saw of CEH on Sunday.
0: Yeah, that was the perfect explanation of what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday shouldn't be the norm. Uh, The Chiefs have a solid defense. Even though they have issues on offense, they have enough offense. that They're not usually behind by two touchdowns. And what that resulted in was a a near even split. CEH played two more snaps than McKinnon did. He only ran three fewer routes. So they were almost utilized interchangeably. And I was very surprised by the amount of people that wanted to play McKinnon yesterday. I mean, a guy who missed a couple of weeks with injury, a guy who doesn't carry the football, a guy who legitimately needs a touchdown or they're getting five points. And that's what would have happened yesterday if he didn't get the touchdown. So I think that McKinnon owners, uh, you, got a, you got a lucky kind of pass there, but be very cautious. I think his workload had a lot to do with the scoreboard. I think CH is, is clearly the better option of the two. Whether that's a great option, I don't know. It's certainly not an option to the level that Pacheco was.
1: And uh, Chiefs now 8-5. and five. Buffalo's trying to make kind of a dramatic push for the playoffs. They, they have a fairly tough schedule still to go, so we'll see how the Bills handle it. I think this week they have Dallas uh, coming into town, so that'll be a very tough matchup. As for the Chiefs, uh, their final four games, folks, they can very easily go 4-0. Uh, they are facing four backup quarterbacks in the next four weeks. They've got, let's see, Zappi, O'Connell, Browning, and probably Easton Stick. Those are their next four opponents. I mean, two of those four teams are the worst in football, the Patriots and the Raiders. So, uh, Chiefs will be fine, and I know they're angry this morning. Uh, by the way, I know there's a uh, there's like a double image, Ray, going around of uh, here's Kadarius Tony lined up in the neutral zone, and then the next image shows here's Von Miller on the very next snap in his, his hand. Right. I, I will just point out to everybody, one photo is right down the line of scrimmage. The other one is at a 30-degree angle behind the line of scrimmage. It's It's so obvious. (laughs) And people are like, oh, this proves how – it's like the people who call balls and strikes, Ray, on the center field camera, which isn't even centered on a baseball diamond. It's like to the left field side of it. Anyway, I don't want people to fall for that silly. You're right. I'm trying to protect people. Um, Let's move to the other big matchup, uh, Sunday night, which uh, Ray probably wasn't as competitive as – People were hoping for, I mean, the Cowboys are rolling. And I will say this with the Cowboys at home. That team is, is strong. It's like the Cleveland Browns. You put the Browns in front of their home fans. They've been very good defensively this year on the road, not so much. And kind of the same things there with Dallas. And honestly, until they do it in the postseason, I think everybody's going to say, okay, you're just another decent Cowboys team, but Ray, they, they are on a streak. I mean the the Prescott the Lamb thing is is working week in week out. Ferguson continues to make strides. Uh, last night in the backfield, we saw both Dowdle and Pollard getting it done. Uh, defensively, they've got the individual talents and pieces that work. They look great, and you know they they they, they walloped the Eagles. And we'll get to Philadelphia in a bit. But this Dallas offense, Ray, pretty well, if you've got any of these pieces, I think you're starting them every week. Dowdle would be the only guy. And I, and I kind of wonder, you see the work he got last night, and it was even coming early when this game was still a game. Is is he rising to flex
0: level, or is that still a stretch with Rico Dowdle? It's tough because, you know, while the excitement is with Dowdle after last night, I mean, we still have to understand that Tony Paulder had 23 touches. Like, it wasn't like he'd lost any... Tony Pollard is being handled as if he's Derrick Henry by the Cowboys this year, which is odd. Uh, everyone knows, or everyone understands at this point, that Tony Pollard is not the guy he's been. Whether that's age, whether that's workload, whatever it is, he's not the same explosive player we've seen in the past. The production's not there. You can tell by watching him play, all that kind of stuff. Dowdle gets the touchdown last night, which is slightly concerning that he was in at the goal line. And if you look at you know the snap counts at the goal line, it was, it was two for Dowdle, one for Pollard. But still, Pollard played all the two-minute drill snaps. He played 11 of 14 snaps on third down. He caught seven passes, did Pollard. And Dowdle, though he had that touchdown, he was only on the field for 23 snaps. And Dowdle, uh, Pollard played 59. So he didn't even play half the amount of snaps. He doesn't catch passes. He only ran nine routes. So he to answer your question, the offense is so good, maybe he's a flex option for some people because there is that chance for the touchdown on a weekly basis. But I don't think that he's someone that I would feel comfortable with starting at all because Tony Pollard, again, 20 plus touches. He's the pass catching back. I don't like that unless you're really desperate.
1: Yeah, weapons everywhere, 33 points for the Cowboys in that win, only 13 for the Eagles. And their only touchdown it was actually a defensive touchdown. But Ray, it's, it's dreadful timing for a Jalen Hurts owner. <laughs> I mean, in, in week 14, if you really, truly needed the victory this week, uh, you got your first really bad Hurts outing of the year. Uh, I'd have to go through all of it. But, but really, I know this. Has he had another game with zero touchdowns produced? I, I don't think so. Uh, nothing passing, nothing rushing, only 30 rushing yards. Uh, DeAndre Swift disappeared. Um, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith had fine numbers, but they had huge mistakes in this game. It It was one of those days at the office, I guess I would say, for the Eagles. And I will give them this pass you might argue ray that nobody's had a tougher mm-hmm. four game run in the history of football <laughs> the, the at Kansas City home against Buffalo home against San Francisco and then at Dallas they went 2 and 2 and i think that's a huge win to go 2 and 2 over four straight weeks against those kind of opponents
0: yeah that's the gauntlet as they say right that's i mean that as you said you can argue this is at the top of the, the most difficult stretches we've ever seen. It's it's certainly I think you can make the cases more difficult than the playoffs for yeah. in some <laughs> scenarios, right? Like it's was really tough. And it was I think great
1: Super Bowls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think going two and two, okay. Right. I don't think anyone in that, you know, clubhouse is panicking or oh my God, the world's ending. Okay, right. Maybe the fans are a little bit, you know, and, and they there's a couple of games that they didn't look great. Last night they did not look good. Um, but I think that your your point is still valid that this is still a, a well coached team for the most part. There's still a team with a lot of stars. Uh, and this is still a team that I wouldn't want to face come playoffs.
1: Well, what's pretty wild, they're still sixth in scoring, they're eighth in yardage. So those numbers are fine. You might want to be a little higher, but they'll probably gain ground over the final month. What's wild, Ray, is you know, you've got. Jalen Hurts, who may be an MVP, you got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Goddard is back. It was good to see him on the field. Yep. They're pretty low in the standings when it comes to passing. And perhaps that's by design. I mean, they're they're always going to have Jalen Hurts run the football eight to ten times. They're gonna have DeAndre Swift, Gainwell Scott. You know, these guys combine for 20 plus carries. So there's a little bit of design there, but for an offense with this much passing talent, it's kind of alarming to see the numbers be that low. Uh, what are they? Middle of the pack in touchdowns, middle of the pack in yardage, but they also don't throw the football much. Uh, 22nd in terms of pass attempts this year.
0: Going back to what you talked about last week on the show here at FSD, you mentioned the fact that the Niners are at the bottom and their efficiency is through the roof. So, you know, it looks like Niners don't throw the ball more than the Eagles do, right? Yeah. So it, it, and the Eagles certainly have the talent to match what the Niners do. It's just not the way that the season's worked out this year. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think they need to say Jalen Hurts got to throw the ball nine more times a game. I don't think that's mm-hmm. necessary. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that there's a lot of – we talked about the Sam Howells of the world. The guy's chucking it 43 times every week. Well, you know, you, you tend to put up some bigger numbers there when you use that volume, but you don't have to have that volume to have success.
1: Well, since you blurbed about the Niners and you talked efficiency, let's go there. Uh, San Francisco 28, Seattle 16 on Sunday. Game was not that close, to, to, to tell you the truth. And speaking of efficiency, Ray, Brock Purdy completed only 19 passes for 368 yards. And the stars were shining. Uh, Purdy's 368 is the best number he's had this season. I think it's his fifth game, by the way, over 300 yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, both those guys over 100 yards. George Kittle had another touchdown. Um, He continues to be a real big play threat. I I think he's over 15 yards per catch, uh, which is a number he hasn't seen in like half a decade. So he's, he's being used a bit differently there. Uh, I guess the only thing to complain about, Ray, is Christian McCaffrey had zero touchdowns uh, despite having over 150 total yards in this game. And, and that is a punch in the gut because the first play of the game, Ray, looked like it was going to be a Christian McCaffrey touchdown. He got dragged down at the three, and then Jordan Mason got the three-yard plunge.
0: On a touchdown that you or I could have scored, he was untouched, right? <laughs> it was just, here's the hole, go. Uh, yeah, it's what it's, and again, this is why sometimes if you don't get an opportunity to watch the game, hopefully you listen to us at FantasyGuru.com here on the show because you might see that with McCaffrey and be like, oh shucks, yeah, he was dragged down. They took him off the field for a breather, and here comes Mason. Mason only touched the ball three times, four times all game. He wasn't part of the offense. It just happened to be the way it worked out. Uh, and it, it's it's amazing to think that people probably are disappointed with McCaffrey, and he had 150 yards from scrimmage. Like you know, it's like wow, this is amazing. Um, but yeah, he's been such a touchdown magnet. You know, there had to be some balancing there. Unfortunately, it was yesterday. I hope it didn't cost people a, a matchup to get into the playoffs by two points or something like that. Because it was very unfortunate he didn't get in the end zone.
1: And remember how quiet Debo Samuel used to be, Ray? Uh, he I now do. has seen, touchdowns in has weeks. <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, congrats to him. He set the NFL record for rushing touchdowns in a career by a wide receiver. He now has 19 as a listed wide receiver. Um, and unlike Taysom Hill, Ray, I think he's really a wide receiver. They just obviously scheme him a little differently. But 19, he had a rushing touchdown, had a receiving touchdown. Huge day for Devo on the Seattle side. Or did you want to add no, something? I just, I was,
0: he has 19 rushing touchdowns, but he's not a running back. Taysom Hill has played 19 snaps at tight end. He's a tight end.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, on the Seattle side, Ray, we saw Drew Locke. Geno Smith was... You know shouldn't have been it was a late injury. Uh, what was it Thursday or Friday growing injury? And we got the news early enough, so people probably didn't have anything where they were left stranded. Um, you know, Metcalf, Lockett, these guys still have to start, Ray, whether it's Lock or Geno Smith, don't they? I, I know yesterday was not great. Metcalf had the early touchdown, he eventually got ejected. Uh being a pure punk. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're football players, and he just it was with three minutes to go, he was pissed off um it's funny he can do that and Patrick Mahomes can absolutely berate a referee for 10 minutes and gets nothing (laughs) but anyway uh, let's say Drew locks the quarterback for a while right you have to play Metcalf and lock it don't you
0: I think yeah I mean because again this is you know this isn't one of those scenarios with the Seahawks where it's it's very pyramidal right if that's even a word is that a word? it's very right down the middle. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's very stratified in the offense. You know, you've got all that. You've got 18 guys at tight end that see a target or two. Uh, you've got a couple of passes that get thrown to the the running backs, but it's really Lockett and Metcalf just soaking up, you know, 15 targets most weeks, right? And I don't think that changes. Yesterday was down a little bit. Uh, Drew Lock only threw the ball to them 11 times, but I think to your point, to me, Metcalf is always a start. Like I, I saw the news with Geno Smith. And I'm like, ah, Metcalf's still in my lineup. We talked about this last week when he went off and had the three touchdowns. Lockett's a little more, yeah. because Lockett Lockett hasn't had a 100-yard game since week 13 of last year, and he's not really getting in the end zone. But as a wide receiver three in deeper leagues, I would still be starting Tyler Lockett. Uh, Backfields
1: everywhere are in a flux. This is, you know, what it is come the uh, week 14, 15 in the NFL. We always have questions. You would think things would be settled by this point, but they're not. And Seattle's one of these backfields, right? Both Walker and Charbonnet were playing. Pretty well down the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know a lot of people are now drawing the conclusion, well, this will be a split. I'm not going to draw that conclusion. I I think Kenneth Walker's the guy. Mm -hmm. I I, I think he's still getting the work. And so for people who are worried about Walker, I'm not there. Now, I'm kind of a lone voice in the woods, Ray, because everywhere I go, it's like, see, this is what Seattle's going to do. This is going to be the game plan the rest of the season. I wouldn't necessarily buy that. I, I think Walker is still their their lead guy with Charbonnet sprinkled in. They're more like – I I would go as high as 65-35. That, that's me. Mm-hmm. I, everybody wants to draw the 50-50. you got to remember Walker has been out the previous two weeks, two and a half weeks really, with an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was his first game back. It's a tough matchup. They were trailing throughout. Charbonnet profiles a bit more as a receiving running back than does Walker. So I'm speaking to the Walker owners here. If you're a Charbonnet owner, okay, you got a guy who probably gets 10 touches a week. But I still think Walker Ray, when it's all said and done over this final month, will be in that 15 to 18 range in terms of touches every week.
0: I think if the games go as the Seahawks would like them to, I think that's totally fair, and I agree with you. I think I was thinking 60 40 for the split, um, but I think that you know, just that's, the numbers yesterday, even right. Walker had eight more snaps played, 33 to 25. Walker actually ran twice as many routes. I know is the third down guy, but Walker ran twice Ooh. as many routes and he had five targets and Charbonnet had one. So even though people that want to say, well, Charbonnet's a third down back, and he did play the majority of third down snaps, he wasn't utilized as a third down back. The passes still went to the Walker side of things. So I agree with you. I think Walker's still the guy. Without question, in my mind, that you want to start over Charbonnet. And I agree with you. I still think he profiles as a guy that can touch the ball 15 times a week.
1: Let's uh, shift to another backfield that, to me, is a bit more interesting, right? It's Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals did it again behind Jake Browning, who uh, I think now has a record. His first three starts as an NFL quarterback, he has completed over 79% of his passes. Nobody's ever done that in their first three starts. Uh, looked pretty good yesterday. A couple of touchdown throws, both of them on screen passes. One to Joe Mixon, one to Chase Brown. Uh, he also rushed for a touchdown. So that's a hit. I mean, honestly, Ray, this offense looks better with Jake Browning
2: oh, than come on it God. ever did
1: with Joe. Ray, it does. I Facts are facts. I know yeah. they're not as good. I know yeah. they're not as feared. Yeah. But the offense is producing. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. We got all these other lousy backups, Ray, mm-hmm. that can barely put on a jockstrap correctly. At least Jake Browning comes in and has looked like he knows what's going on. But I want to talk about this backfield. Um, Chase Brown, we've seen very little of him this year. We saw him Monday night last week against Jacksonville. We see a good portion of him yesterday. He got over 100 yards, by the way. Um, Joe Mixon, though, is still there, Ray. Mm -hmm. Now, he still is getting nothing in the rushing game. Absolutely. He's like two yards of a carry. But he is still the guy for this Cincinnati backfield. Um, it's kind of like Pollard and Dowdle. Maybe it's like Charbonnet and Walker, but Ray Brown seems to be making up a bit gra- a bit of ground here.
0: Well, I think you know if you didn't see the game, let me describe to you the touchdown. The touchdown was on a pass that he caught two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then the Colts decided the right side of the football field they weren't going to cover. <laughs> it was a dump off to the running back behind the line of scrimmage, and he just ran on the sideline. There was no there was no one there. Um, he didn't do anything. He just ran fast. Um, I think that. Brown is – Brown – it's interesting because Brown brings some juice. Like, you look at Mixon and Mixon, Mm -hmm. does he have juice? You know, he runs into guys and pushes them. Brown looks exciting and he's shifting and all that. Brown wasn't on the field. He only played 18 snaps. Uh, He only ran half the routes that Mixon did. And let's not forget, much like with the Texans, that Joe Mixon still had 24 touches yesterday. 24. So, you know, Brown – and there's a question in the the chat about, you know, is he a flex option? Maybe. But – I, you know, I think it's much like the Charbonnet situation, Kyle, where it's like Brown's probably going to get eight or so touches a week. Is he going to rip off 25, 30-yard chunk plays? He's going to need to. He's not taking over the backfield. He's not taking over the goal line work. He's not taking over the workload. He's not doing that unless Joe Mixon gets hurt. So Brown is flashed. Uh, I don't want anyone to chase that because, again, there's reasons to, to look at it and say, come on, not be careful. But I can't see more than eight or nine touches a week from him because Mixon is going to soak up all the work.
1: When you say not chasing Brown, I also don't want people to reject the idea of T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase. They, they were quiet yesterday. And I know what people are going to say Oh, Jake Browning won't throw to these guys. He's killing. You. you know, I'd point you to seven days ago, Jake Browning seemed to be throwing to Jamar Chase just fine. Okay. So, a lot of times, Ray, we just look at the last game. We think, oh, it's never going to work. I, those guys play. They start. It's like Smith. It's like Brown, who we were talking about earlier. They Metcalf, Lockett. I mean, these guys have to play. I realize the situation is not great. But, Ray, I'm not sitting these guys. You just can't. It's all, Again, Jake Browning, I think he had six completions to the running backs. He had five combined to Higgins and Chase. It was bad on that front. But I don't think it's going to be doomsday for the remainder of the season for those two receivers.
0: I agree with you. And there's a difference between throwing 37 passes and 24, Mm -hmm. which is where Browning has been the last. That's a huge difference, right? One of them, you're Teddy Bridgewater. The other one, you're Sam Howell. It's a huge difference. (laughs) Uh, I think that, you know, it's hard if you're the Bengals coaching staff. Like, what do you say? Like, you're talking about completing 80% of his passes. The offense is working. We're in football games. We scored 34 points. Are you going to go in there and berate him for not throwing? No, you're not going to berate him for not giving the ball more to his guys. But you're going to gently nudge and say, hey, man, we're not going to win games with, you know, four targets to T. Higgins. We're not going to win games with four targets to Jamar Chase. It's not going to win his football game. So look for it next week to change. Look for them to to see the volume go up substantially. On
1: the Colts' side, uh, nothing truly stands. I mean, Michael Pittman continues to quietly produce. Um, He's racking up catches. Amazing. Yeah, he's... He's not that far off of Amon Ross St. Brown. Now St. Brown's done it for two or three years, but Pittman is is putting up a hundred plus catches this year. So so kudos to him. Probably you know disappointment with Chase and Higgins. Okay, whatever. I'm not really dis. I am disappointed in Zach Mossray. Like this has been a letdown. He's getting work. He's getting red zone opportunities. They're trying their damnedest to get him in the end zone. It's not working. I feel bad because I was all in on Zach Moss when this injury happened to Taylor. And I'm a quantity guy. It's there. Mm-hmm. But the results have sucked. It, it's been a real letdown the last two weeks with Zach Moss.
0: Didn't he lose a touchdown yesterday? I mean, on a penalty overturn. I mean, the results have not been there. But this is another situation, and I'll use the word again. Zach Moss cannibalizes the work out of the backfield. There is, you know, Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon played nine snaps. So Moss is not only getting all the work; he's never off the football field. He's never off the field, and he—it didn't work yesterday. And let's call it what it is: the Colts' offense isn't good. Mm-hmm. Garner Minshew isn't good, and you know Ted, Moss had eight targets yesterday. He only caught four of them, but he had eight targets. So this is a this is just a disjointed offense at this point. They, for some reason, and, and there's a couple of teams that do this—they have four tight ends that they use every week. Four. Yeah. There's four tight ends catching passes, running routes. What are you doing? What four, like that's most some teams only have four tight ends on their roster, and these guys are so this offense is just a mess. And it's been terribly disappointing with Moss. I've been right there with you with Moss. I've said both weeks definitively start him, it hasn't worked out. I'm going to say the same thing again you can't get 90% of the touches and play 90% of the snaps at the running back position and not have it work eventually. Can't
1: what's what's wild, Ray, is if you ask like football fans, people who watch NFL every Sunday, and you said, Give me the top seven teams in the AFC. Would anybody say the Colts? No, I, I don't think many would top set. And yet, if at this very moment, they're the seventh seed in the playoffs. Seven. Like, they're ahead of Buffalo. And it's not because they're winning a bad division. They're still behind the Jaguars. <laughs> they're a wild card team right now. And, and it's, it's, it's not the worst team. Hell, there's ten worst teams yeah, in football yeah. <laughs> than the Colts. But it's kind of wild that they would be a playoff team if things started today. Uh, Let's move from the success of Jake Browning and talk about the out of nowhere success for Zach Wilson. Come on, Ray, be honest with me. Did you ever think Zach Wilson would play like that? Have those kind of numbers in a game would lead his team to 30 points against a good defense. (laughs) I was shocked by Zach Wilson on Sunday.
0: Well, so was I, and I'm not going to say I wasn't, but I've been saying for a month now that the only way they win football games with him under center, he clearly is the best option they have at quarterback. No
1: respect for Tim Boyle.
0: No respect. No, none. And the Jets <laughs> didn't either after they supported him and they chucked him. But, uh, they, you know, Zach Wilson's not going to be with this team again. I'd be surprised if he's with them next year, right? Ray? Ray, what if he finishes the
1: season on an upswing? He will be with this team.
0: The whole thing is, what if this team somehow goes 500 and it's like it was basically with the rookie, the, you know, a, a rookie, well, unproven quarterback in, in Wilson. How do you sell to your fan base? Well, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? But how do you sell to your fan base? This guy improved, the team improved, the team had success. We're gonna get I'm, they're gonna do it. So I, I don't know. He, he played. He did fumble. Okay, so there oh, was yeah, that. He, he
1: still runs around in was, the pocket yeah, and yeah. avoids 17 yard sacks, which yeah, you know.
0: yeah. But he, but to to your point, he played a solid game. Yeah. And you, you know, teams can win as they did yesterday. Teams can win with quarterback play like that. Kyle.
1: Totally the opposite on the other side. And and Ray, maybe you're not shocked by by yesterday with Wilson and the Jets. How about with the Texans? Six points by far the worst game for CJ Stroud. Uh, knocked out early, concussion protocol, and it immediately looked like a concussion. Mm-hmm. So his his status is really up in the air. Yep. Um, Nico Collins leaves early. They're without Tank Dell. Um, nobody takes the word decoy more seriously than Noah Brown. What the hell? (laughs) He gets back on the football field and Ray in eight quarters, no catches, nothing for a team that needs Noah Brown. But Stroud's the big one here. You were telling me yesterday, leading up to kickoff, Mm -hmm. you know, you're helping out with start set over at Sirius XM. And everybody's asking about Stroud. And um, I'm guessing with the way you presented it to me, You were befuddled. You were questioning why people were so out on Stroud. A, I don't know, you know, if you're getting 50, 60 questions, they all have different other options. Right. So who's to say? But this matchup, the way Stroud has played this season, the fact that Tank Dell's out, you know, things are a little wishy-washy at at wide receiver. What was your feeling going in to yesterday for Stroud? Because now, you know, the concussion's one thing, but the performance was another. Do you just say, hey, the weather sucked, the Jets were good, it was a bad day at the office, much like the Eagles? What's the feeling on Stroud, and what were you kind of feeling going into that game yesterday?
0: Yeah. No Brown, 325 yards in two games. The two games since zero. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever seen that in NFL history. <laughs> 325 in two games to zero in two games. Uh, Stroud was interesting, and I tweeted this out at SiriusXM Fantasy. I'm there 10 to 1 Monday mornings answering questions. Uh, Sunday mornings answering questions. And I said, "Look, two weeks ago, and this is a true story. People were saying that CJ Stroud was the league MVP. That, that storyline was growing, mm-hmm. right? Nationally, it was growing. And he loses Tank Dell, and no one wanted to play CJ Stroud yesterday. And it's like, how? Let, let, okay, now I understand it because uh, Tank Dell was out. It's a difficult matchup against the Jets, and there were some weather concerns. So I get that. I get. I totally get that." But you would never bench Josh Allen that way. I wouldn't. Some people would. I wouldn't. You would never do it. i never bench Patrick Mahomes. i never bench Jalen Hurst. If C.J. Stroud's really a league MVP, how can you bench him when there's struggles? Now, the game goes horribly wrong. I think we had him ranked like 12th at quarterback this week. So we still thought he was right at the edge of yeah. being a starter this week. Um, I think that the game went horribly wrong. And this is a continuation of what we have talked about. The Texans cannot play a football game this season with all their receivers. They can't. And they, they come into the game with Tank Dell being down, and then they lose Nico Collins. He played three snaps. So th- now we're talking about C.J. Stroud also losing his number one wide receiver, a guy that was going to get 12 targets, right? So I think it was a perfect storm of crap. It played out completely like that. I would just hesitate or tell people to hesitate on the belief that they made the right call because it worked out this way. There were a lot of factors that came together to make it as bad as it was. It should not have been that bad. Sauce Gardner is not the greatest player in the history of football. They were still going to have success through the air if everything went the way it should have.
1: Well, and, and it's a fact that the Jets have given up more touchdowns in the passing game than they've had interceptions. That's just one stat. They are good. They they are good. I I think for me, Ray, what what it gets to is people have got to understand how hype works in this league. Stroud is having a very good rookie season. Absolutely. But when people start getting carried away that he's already a top five guy or a league MVP. You know, you've got to stay away from that stuff if you're just making the fantasy decision. Uh, Because some people may hear that and say, wow, I've got my QB1 the rest of the season. And yet it was proven yesterday, going into yesterday, people all of a sudden didn't feel that way. You know, now, well, maybe. So, yeah, Pat Mahomes is good. Jalen Hurts is good. These guys are great. Is CJ Stroud? No, we said it weeks ago. Ray and I had a debate on Stroud. Is he even a QB1? And that was in the midst. That was in the midst of C.J. Stroud. What do you have, four straight games over 300 yards? It was something like that. And Ray and I are having the discussion, well, is he truly a QB1? Is he a top 12 guy? Uh, Ray said ever so slightly he'd have him in there for the rest of the season, not specific to this week. And I said, nah, he's more of a QB2. I'm not sold on Stroud. So while people are saying league MVP in real life, we're sitting here having a debate as even a top 12 fantasy quarterback. So that that's again a reminder of how things play out differently based off of what side and what angle you are covering the sport on. Uh you've got to differentiate and separate what you hear on the tube, what you hear on general sports talk versus what you try to do with your fantasy team. Um so another lesson I guess learned there with CJ Stroud. Um and again, he'll probably be a QB1 going into next year. We'll see. We'll see with CJ Stroud. Uh, be nice to get him back on the field, but that is a question mark. One other bit of news with Houston, uh, and this is getting ridiculous. Devin Singletary all day yesterday. I don't know, Ray. It's uh, <laughs> I, I, That's one of those situations that I don't even want to deal with anymore. Like, yeah. And I don't have those guys anywhere in any of my leagues. I don't have Singletary peers. so it's not a headache to me, but I can only imagine trying to figure out week in week out what to do with those two players
0: yeah and you know this is a one of those one of those situations where we we can look at all the data beforehand and then the game happens and it just doesn't go the way we expect and I don't know if it, you know the coaching I didn't listen to the coaches after the game I don't know if the game didn't go as they anticipated blah 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 blah. but the backfield is I don't know I mean it you know it was Pierce it was Singletary it was both now it looks like it's Singletary I don't so I mean I guess If we had to look at this point ahead to week 15, I guess it's Singletary. But to your point, this is a mess. We don't even know about Stroud. I'm not interested in either running back from the Texans right now as we're talking week 15.
1: Moving along, uh, Bears and Lions, Ray, do you look at that Bears backfield and say, gosh, I guess it's Dante Foreman? I mean, he got all the way. Khalil Herbert uh, had as many carries as DJ Moore on sunday that that's pretty alarming if you're a khalil herbert owner
0: yeah and i don't i mean I, I here's the thing i get it but i don't khalil herbert has going back to last season looked really good when given an opportunity he has and he is certainly a more dynamic football player than Dante foreman there's no doubt about that Dante foreman's a professional you know, Donta Foreman's a guy that you can give the ball to 14 times. He'll get you 59 yards and push a pile and get in the end zone. Okay. And that's basically what we saw yesterday, right? It was 11 carries for 50 yards. It wasn't anything sexy or exciting. But to your point, he dominated the touches. He dominated the snaps. Uh, he even ran more routes than the other two guys combined. Donta Foreman hmm. was running more routes than the other two guys combined, which doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, this is a scenario where this is another one where it's, okay, let's go Foreman if we have to. Okay, but with Justin Fields and him picking up touchdowns and all of that and the way the offense can stall out for a while, I wouldn't be excited to play Dante Foreman. Certainly not excited to play Johnson or Herbert at this point.
1: Yeah, and and I have Herbert in a couple of spots. Right And right now, I consider him a bench guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's not a flex. He's not. I I can't after yesterday. Uh, Fields did his usual against Detroit. He kind of owns them and uh, he looked pretty well in control. Uh, Bears played well. I don't want to say they dominated. Kind of felt the Lions came out a little flat. Uh, DJ Moore continues to have a very strong first year with Chicago on the Detroit side, Ray. Again, bad day at the office. I want to say, although they're, they've been a little weak in the last month. Uh, golf has certainly taken a step back. We're starting to see a more quiet Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think he had had a game below 50 yards receiving until the last two weeks. Uh, he's under 50 in both those games. Sam Laporta. I looked up the numbers, Ray, um, in two games against the Bears this year, is averaging 21 yards receiving against every other body, every other team he's played this year. He's over 60. So you kind of just say, oh, it it, it was ugly for the Lions. Now they have to worry a bit about the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, I'm not looking, though, at golf or Gibbs or Montgomery or St. Brown or LaPorta and changing what I think of them going into the fantasy playoffs. They're, they're still probably starters for almost everybody out there.
0: Yeah, and everyone's making a big deal uh, about it yesterday, the fact that the Lions now play every game the rest of the way in the Dome. So that should help remove concerns about the weather and all of that. Uh, I don't know. The the Lions are a tough one, too, because they're 9-4. and Since the second half of last year, they have been one of the top ten teams in football without question. They might be top five, really, if you go back to the second half of last season. They've been really good. But, you know, you, you lose like that to the Bears. Like that's, they almost lost on Thanksgiving to the bears, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, they've, they need to straighten this ship out. They're, they're, they're a nine or team with a lot of pieces that right now is, is floundering a little bit. And um, you know, at least Gibbs and Montgomery are still mildly effective while they struggle, but the passing attack really has to get going. LaPorta owners, you know, like it's much like Jalen hurts, right? It's one of those things that happened at a horrible time, but you still got to start LaPorta as you noted there. So I think it's just back to the drawing board kind of thing. And they just, they need to put some good drives together. There's too so many drives that just that don't that nothing happens, right? It's three mm-hmm. out, three and out. It's you know, golf chucking balls into the dirt to avoid sacks. They need to tighten things up.
1: Uh, parental advisory sticker on the next six minutes. Uh, Ray and I are gonna talk about the NFC South. <laughs> okay, so I'm just warning everybody. Um, so take a break. Go make a coffee if you'd like. Uh, we will start Ray with uh, Bucks Falcons. That was the showdown in the NFC South. Bucks win it, uh, 29-25. Um, Rashad White again, mm-hmm. racking up points. <laughs> I mean, ever so quietly, just racking them up. Uh, Mike Evans, very quiet. Again, it's one game. You never see that from Evans. Godwin was a little more involved. Baker Mayfield looks solid. The the Falcons side is more interesting to me, Ray. Um, every week we hammer Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, Ten catches for 170 plus yards with Drake London. Good job, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts with a simple touchdown. It was like he, he just roasted the defense. And it's like, why can't they do that all the time? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Arthur Smith. Bijan Robinson getting the football. I think it was 15 touches. Not great, but congrats. And then there's Desmond Ritter. And Ray, I some people might say, Well, congratulations, Arthur Smith. You got Desmond Ritter all the way up to 347 yards. yards. Ray, it was the most empty 347 and the worst 347 I have ever seen. It was the it, it was the laffy taffy of candies. Like to where it's just total junk. You can't even make it, it's empty. It's you take a bite, okay, and the rest of it sucks. It's like, why did I choose this as my candy? Desmond Ritter was bad yesterday ray but he yeah. somehow got to almost 350 yards it's still gonna be a mess i guess as long as ritter is at the controls because he just Bijan robinson could have walked into the end zone on a pass in the first quarter yep and ritter totally misfired he holds on to the football his decision making's crap they're probably just gonna they have to roll with him i'm in favor of them rolling with desmond ritter the rest of the season but the issue i've got is what it means for any reliability. With these other fantasy assets on their offense.
0: Yeah, they're six and seven. Is this really working? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, London had the huge game. Was it the and I love that I think it, it epitomizes everything that's wrong with the Falcons. Last play of the game, and they throw the ball to the five-yard line. Like you didn't <laughs> yeah. even throw it in the end zone. It's like, bro, like you gotta and it throw was like the ball
1: quadruple coverage. <laughs> yes,
0: right. It's not even into the end zone. It was from like the 30-yard line or whatever, too. It wasn't <laughs> like it was from the 50, you know. So Desmond Ritter is not good. And for those people that missed it, please go and watch his interception again. Should have been a pick six. He got lucky that the defender bumped into, you know, B. Sean Robinson. That was – I'm watching that play, and it's one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my entire life. He goes back. He You know, the whole thing. He he turns. He's staring. He's staring. He's throwing. And the defensive back is just running across the field, running the route. He's seen the – and, and Desmond yeah. Ritter not for one second was there a hesitation. a perfect <laughs> yeah, right. spiral right into Carlton Davis right it's like what are you doing dude like no, like it's almost like he didn't realize yeah. there was a defensive player on the field he's terrible and so yeah the the problem with the the team is the same thing they had 25 points yesterday he threw for 347 yards doesn't change anything Desmond Ritter is still a desperation superflex option yeah uh
1: speaking of terrible Carolina they're 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 really terrible right I think we pick on other teams but it's it's amazing. Here, Let me just give people a few Panther numbers. This is after they lose 28 to six. And I, and let me remind you the saints did nothing offensively. Like the saints did not play well in this game and they won by more than three touchdowns. Like Derek threw for like 120 yards or something. I, I think this was the fewest offensive yards in a saints win since 1997. Like they didn't do anything. But, Ray, they did more than the Panthers. Uh, Bryce Young, sub-200-yard passing showings. He has had six consecutive under 200 yards. He has one touchdown pass in the last five games. That's despite throwing 165 passes. For the sixth time this season, he is under four yards per pass attempt in this game against New Orleans. Carolina goes 0 for 5 on fourth downs. They turn the ball over four times. They force zero turnovers. Uh, good luck finding a coach for this mess, right?
0: Kyle, he went 13 for 36. I, I, I don't even know how that's possible. Like legitimately, that's so bad. And, you know, you watch the offense and it's, it's not just Bryce Young. Every time he drops back, he's on the move. He's getting happy feet because he can't ever sit in the pot. It's just terrible. And to your point, you know, this is an organization, they, they don't have the first round draft pick next year, right? They've got a quarterback that may or may not be the guy. They've got an aging Adam Thielen who's had a good season overall, but he's not someone you can build around. Hubbard and Sanders are passable in the backfield, but they're not sexy. They don't have a tight end. They're hoping that Marshall became something. He's vanished, is not even active. They're hoping Mingo's become something. It's hard to tell because Young can't throw the ball at him. And then you start looking at looking around. And I agree with you. This is tough. You know, you got an owner that, you know, makes decisions every six weeks to change. So yeah, this organization's mm-hmm. in trouble. And we didn't, we, me, hand up did not think this was going to go this way. I thought before the season began this team was going to, you know, battle 500. Like this team is going to be a, 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 an effective team, hired a bunch of great coaches, everything was going to work. It has been a total disaster from start to right now.
1: They would need about a 30 uh, week NFL season rate to have a shot at getting to 500. <laughs> 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 1 in 12 is that record. As for the Saints, they are now in a three-way tie in the NFC South at 6 and 7. Uh, Derek Carr does more yelling than successful passing. at seen uh, Kamara gets into the end zone. I guess we can blame the lack of Jamal Williams this year on Taysom Hill. Cause all of a sudden Taysom Hill disappears. And Jamal Williams suddenly gets 11 carries out of nowhere. Uh, good to see Chris Olave doing his thing, but, but a really blah kind of game. Um, okay. We're done with the NFC South, but we still have ugliness because Ray, the Raiders and the Vikings. Yikes. Zero, zero all the way until th- two minutes left in the game wow and i i I was a proponent of joshua dobbs being the qb last week (laughs) (laughs) well i i don't know i i know everybody's moved on and now it's nick mullins right you're not
0: winning anything with nick mullins i don't know if it's any better
1: their bigger issue ray is alexander madison leaves with an ankle injury Mm -hmm. and justin jefferson leaves with a chest injury. right uh, we don't know anything on Madison what we know on Jefferson Ray is you know, he waited more than two months to get him on the field. He makes two catches he does take a shot yeah um I I I have not seen I, I was watching this game and I remember him taking the shot but I thought it was
0: more to his back it, it was from the back side so yeah that okay, was maybe, and maybe yeah. it's how he
1: landed or they say chest maybe it's some severe bruising whatever lungs in the middle yeah lungs uh he went to the hospital precautionary flew back with the team. Iffy for week 15, Uh, they get three points. They get the win, Ray, but there is, I I mean, Raiders suck. The Vikings, I couldn't believe could only get three points. Just brutal there in that game yesterday.
0: Yeah. And it's just bad. I mean, there's no, there's weak. There's no sugarcoating here. Uh, This was a terrible football game. Raiders are not a good football team. The Vikings last year won every close game this year. They've struggled with that. They pulled it off yesterday. Uh, they're in big trouble, obviously. If Jefferson is down, uh, Madison situation. They've got Ty Chandler who stepped up yesterday. Didn't do anything, but I think he can be effective on the ground. Uh, so that that be the guy that would be the hot waiver pickup if he's still available. Shouldn't be, but if he's still available, uh, but yeah, the offense is just you know Nick Mullins. I think you can argue you can argue that Nick Mullins is a better passer than Josh Dobbs, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Is he a better quarterback? Yeah, you know. He doesn't bring the the dynamism, he's not athletic like that. Um, he's more of a clone of Nick Kirk Cousins, but I'm not saying he's Kirk Cousins, I'm just in the stylistic way.
2: Now,
1: to, to something we've talked about yep. though, Ray. If Jefferson, even at, at Jefferson, I think everybody knows you start him, even if it's Nick Mullins. Jordan Addison. Is that is that a 50-50 proposition to start a guy like Jordan Addison if Nick Mullins is the quarterback? And and remember, they play Saturday. Uh, The NFL's now giving us, I think it's three games this Saturday. Uh, And the Vikings are one of those. Addison would be a tough one for me. Uh, It would really, really be driven by what else I have at that wide receiver position.
0: Yeah, we're starting the fantasy playoffs for 98% of leagues, right? You're going to play a guy with a journeyman quarterback that you haven't... I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I I think at this point of the season, I would assume most people, because I've seen this in the questions I've received, of late, people have kind of shied away from Addison a little bit anyway, because it, you know, Dobbs and the offense. And uh, there was all that excitement when Addison was getting the end zone. But when you pull back, it's four catches for 62 yards. Yeah, he, so, he hasn't had a
1: touchdown. What are we up to? Five straight games. Yeah. And he's had receptions. The, the, the catching, you know, the total receptions are fine. The yardage isn't really there. Again, all understandable. I'm no. not calling out Addison. No. But Ray, this is like, more wide receiver four over the last month and a half than anything else with Jordan Addison.
0: Yeah. His PPR points the last four games, 10, 11, seven, 10. So yeah, I mean, with the change of quarterback, you know, there was always the chance because even yesterday he saw it or last time out uh, last week, it was 10 targets and it was different yesterday with Jefferson. It go right back to eight to 10 targets again, if Jefferson's out. So we'll have to wait and see more information on everything. But as of now, I would struggle to think that a lot of playoff teams would be feeling confident with starting Addison.
1: Let's go from that dumpster fire and go to a game that was enjoyable and got to give it up to the Rams, Ray. Um, I I didn't give them much of a shot going into Baltimore, but they went toe to toe Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with the Ravens who right now are the number one seed in the AFC, Um, a heartbreaker of a loss losing on a punt return, a hell of a punt return. Uh, Traylon Wallace filling in for Devin DuVernay Uh, Ravens win it in OT 37, 31, Good to see Cooper Cup get back to beating Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford right now has 10 touchdown passes in three weeks. It's
0: Which is more than he had all season before, the three weeks.
1: It's a little tough to deny, isn't it, right now with Stafford? It's, it's kind of wild. There's probably a lot of people going into the playoffs that a month ago, they're like, I'm never going to use this guy. And now they're probably going into week 15, at least considering going to Matthew Stafford.
0: Yeah, he's still got the cannon arm. But yesterday you saw him floating and now he's doing, and they were commenting this on the broadcast too, everything is now, he's doing the Patrick Mahomes, like just throw the ball, right? Just, we don't need everything sidearm and stuff, but he was floating passes, right? Touch pat, real looping touch pat. I mean, he looked really good. And to your point, you know, they were in that game. They could have easily won that football game. And you're right with the way the offense is going now with, with, you know, Puka in cup and then Kyron Williams there and Yeah, I think that Stafford certainly would make people feel more comfortable if he's in the lineup now than, of course, like you said, they would have a couple of weeks ago.
1: 25 carries for Williams. Uh, He's averaging about 18 a game this year. So he has become a true workhorse. On the Baltimore side, uh, we finally got the Isaiah Likely game that so many have been waiting for. Um, Lamar Jackson, Ray, I think the stat is he came into yesterday with 0 long touchdown passes, and I, I don't know what the exact number is for the NFL. I want to say it's maybe over 20, 25 yards yeah. to get, be considered a long. He had three of them yesterday, and he looked solid. He spread it out likely. He's a Flowers, Odell Beckham. Th- that, to me, was vintage Lamar Jackson. Like that That's what you're hoping you get week in, week out, and we see it about five times a year, mm-hmm. and yesterday was one of those moments for the Ravens.
0: Lamar Jackson played a really good football game, and I've been down on Jackson at times for things, And okay, but I will give him full credit. He played a good football game, really good football game. He was the reason they won. I will say that. I will Mm -hmm. also say that Isaiah likely was as open as you can possibly be in the universe. He was standing there waving his arm on the sidelines multiple times. No one's even guarding me for that touchdown. Odell Beckham just ran by everyone. They didn't cover him. Uh, He was... 15 feet beyond a defender. For that this such all
1: speaks, I think this all speaks right to what Lamar Jackson is as a defense and what you have to prepare for is I think those guys get open because defenses are always on edge mm-hmm. to, to have their eyes in the backfield to keep track of Lamar Jackson. And what's he doing? Is he, is he going to turn it loose? And I think that is why these guys get open is that he is such a threat to burn you by getting out of the pocket that these guys in the secondary, you know, you want to stay on your guy. You do. That's what, but with Lamar Jackson, it's like, you're always keeping one eye back there Mm -hmm. wondering when am I going to have to turn the other way and make the defensive stop?
0: He looks nothing like this running back. He doesn't run like him. He's not built like him or anything, but he's Barry Sanders. Like he makes 37 jukes on a six yard run. to your point. Like defenses are panicked when he's in the open field. I totally get that. I was just merely stating that, you know, you know, 90, I'm going to say this, you know, the crappy quarter, the Aiden O'Connells of the world could hit those touchdown passes. No, Desmond Ritter could throw those probably, probably, <laughs> probably throw those touchdown passes. Aiden
1: O'Connell got zero points
0: yesterday. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, and, and by the way, just to say this, because I, I commented on it yesterday, I have never seen a day that I can remember where there were more blown coverages for touchdowns over and over and over. And it seemed like every one of them was a tight end. Guys just running, waving, they're 15 feet away from the nearest defender. 20. It was. All over the NFL yesterday it was crazy, Kyle.
1: Yeah, there were probably two dozen of those in Ray. I think there were two dozen missed kicks yesterday yeah. too. That that was a absolute cancer, uh, I think, on yesterday's action. Uh, one other thing with the Ravens, OBJ Ray starter, mm-hmm. it's coming on, he's looked good the last month. Is is he a wide receiver three?
0: Well, here's the thing. Again, the touchdown he ran by everyone, and he didn't. Okay, and you know he had ten targets, which is you know exciting but he still only caught four passes. This is still not an offense that, you know, Lamar Jackson threw 43 passes. That is never going to be the plan. Like 33 would be a lot, right? He's there. He's getting there. I mean, I think yesterday was the first game he played more than half the snaps this year too. Mm -hmm. So he seems to be rounding into form, if you will, but he is not someone I would start with confidence at all. No. Is he someone that might be startable for some? Yes. Two more
1: games. Uh, let's quickly get to him. Jags, Browns, uh, Ray, were you stunned to see Lawrence out there? I was um, completely stunned and, and kudos to him, Ray. I think he gives him even 80%, 75% as good a shot as a beat up CJ Beathard, but, but he was, you know, it's one of those things where you don't say, Oh, he sucked yesterday. He didn't suck. He played through an injury. I think mentally it's very wearing. And so you kind of make bad decisions like Lawrence had yesterday, some bad passes. He threw three picks um you know for those wondering how would things work with no Christian Kirk the the early answer is a ton of Zay Jones like a ton of Zay Jones still a ton of Calvin Ridley and those two guys right had 27 targets and and that doesn't even include Evan Ingram who had 11 catches those three guys right i don't even, what were i don't have Ingram's targets handy was it like 13 or something i think it was 11 11 so he was 11 for mm-hmm. 11 so Ray, those three guys 38 targets of the 50 throws. And I know Calvin Ridley didn't go off or anything, but Ray, these guys are going to be fed. Like even Zay Jones really elevates to now, you got to consider him as a wide receiver three without Christian Kirk in this offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I was shocked that he played uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He threw 50 passes, which is obviously too many. He made some terrible decisions. He's flinging the ball over the field. He made some bad decisions uh i don't know how you can have that many targets i mean to be clear zay jones had 14 targets and got 29 yards (laughs) (laughs) which is i mean and calvin ridley wasn't much better he had 53 yards on 13 targets (laughs) that's i mean that that's running back dump Mm. off zone production right so ingram was the star again uh and i i saw i didn't look at a chance to look it up before the but he scored, he scored like 75% of his touchdowns the last two years, Ingram, in weeks 13 and 14. For oh, wow. Um, but, you know, I, I'll give him credit for playing, for keeping him in the game, for all those kind of – but I i don't think he should have played. I was shocked by it. And I'll just say this, too. He did not have a high ankle sprain. You cannot play on a high ankle sprain six days later. It's not possible. So I, I don't know what the reporting is about all this stuff because we've had—we've seen high ankle sprains for ever like – sideline guys for six weeks. Yeah. And it's always a multi-week injury. So I don't know what's going on there. But, yeah um zay jones is a thing uh it's not a very effective thing
1: is joe flacco a thing Rate R- 500 and i think it's 565 in the two starts with five touchdown throws and he looked like a spring chicken yeah you know, that, that that touchdown to david ball was actually it, it kind of shows pj walker can't do this i don't even know if Deshaun watson can joe flacco it's it's knowing what you're seeing That touchdown to ball was an excellent example. I think they brought the house on that play, and Joe Flacco knew where to put it. And, again, I I don't even know if Deshaun Watson's making that throw. So I'm not going to sit here and say people should be starting Joe Flacco. I'm not. It's it's still too dangerous with a 38-year-old who literally, Ray, was making PB&Js on the couch three weeks ago. Right. (laughs) <laughs> hold it against me for not sticking them in my starting lineup next week
0: the browns are down to like their fourth quarterback they lost their best offensive lineman they lost arguably the best running back in football they're eight and five like mm-hmm. this is really impressive like Stefanski and that coaching staff deserves a ton of credit uh Flacco you know that pass to, to Bell he wasn't covered Um uh, David Njoko became the first player in the NFL this season the first player in any team in any game and to have two touchdown passes where he was open by more than five yards. In one of those, he was open by 25 yards.
1: Well, it's so, because defenses are fearing Joe Flacco running the football just like Lamar Jackson. Right
0: boom! Yeah. No, no. So, But, I mean, Flacco, you can't argue that the offense has worked as well with Flacco as with any other quarterback this season, and you can argue yeah. better with Flacco than any other quarterbacks this season for the Browns.
1: I, I don't even know. Is he making the minimum for a vet, uh, which I may do. be like five mil, but – I'm looking at the Browns and I'm totaling up my uh, paychecks this week. And I'm seeing Deshaun Watson is, I mean, his paycheck this this week, it's got to be like $1.2 million. <laughs> I mean, it's, and Joe Flacco's yaking at 80 grand.
0: No, it's not. So Joe Flacco is making $144,000 according to the contract he signed.
1: Oh, come on.
0: Really? Yeah. And, and uh, Deshaun Watson is making $46 million this year. <laughs> So it's three million a game. Uh, he signed a one-year, three hundred seventy-one million dollar deal, but it's prorated. Did Flacco? So yeah, so that's one quarter of football. That's actually. What did I, I have to pull the number. Out. That's three minutes of a quarter for Deshaun yeah. Watson this year, or whatever the hell it is.
1: Well, Ray, just win, baby. You'll you'll, you'll yeah. bleed red if you get the wins. That's that's all that matters for the Browns. Uh, finally, Broncos and Chargers. Uh, quickly, uh, Cortland Sutton, ten touchdowns. Who knew? Uh, another win for the Broncos. They're only a game behind Kansas City. They're not going to catch them, but they are a game behind. Charger stuff is more interesting. Two things here, Ray. Justin Herbert, fractured finger on his throwing hand. Might have yeah. seen the last of them this year, right?
0: Tough to know for certain, but there were definitely concerns that that might be the case. And uh, it was his middle finger on his throwing hand. And Show uh, me. I- Which finger, Ray? Show me. It's the middle finger. Oh, come on. Flip it around, Ray. <laughs> You remember when you were a kid and used to practice flipping? I don't know. We did when do you hold both fingers up, one finger's on the no, side. We used to roll the window up. Oh, did you? I, no, we, banana, banana, we read used to. Banana,
2: between the lines. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: We used to like try to get angles with our fingers. Like that was the big thing. <laughs> that um, was a West Coast style. Oh, okay. Maybe that was it. West side? <laughs> um, yeah. So the Herbert situation, he absolutely could be done for the season. I think it's very yeah. fair to think that that's a strong possibility at this point. Uh, middle finger being broken. I mean, he's already got the left-hand thing. Now he's got the right-hand thing. I don't know how you really – you know, if your thumb – and they were talking about this in the broadcast, your middle finger and your thumb are, like, the two most important, you know, on the ball. So um, it's a lost season for them anyway. They're 5-8. and eight. They're not going anywhere. He might be done.
1: I guess all it took for Austin Eckler to do something was a threat. Um, we saw Isaiah Spiller, what was it, a half dozen carries, I think, mm-hmm. in that game. Yep. but And Eckler was not, like, great or anything. But, Ray, honestly, this is better than we've gotten. He got to 100 total yards. He got into the end zone. Yep. You know, I, I that was big news. It was kind of surprising news to hear a head coach say, yeah, our all-pro running back is going to have to earn his keep. Um, I still think you're rolling Eckler. I hope everybody still rolled him. I think everybody did. It, there's very little he can do down the stretch, Ray, to save his value or to save your draft pick from way back in August. Right. But I think he's still the guy for the Chargers, and, and you'll still be getting decent numbers from him down the stretch. There
0: were people – question whether he should be started yesterday they were asking should I start him and it's like yeah you should start him because the report came out it's you know I think it was Ian Rappaport was the big one right it's hot hand man let's go we'll see what happens they're gonna roll these guys and in the end seven snaps for Kelly 12 snaps for Spiller and 49 for Eckler so yeah start Austin Eckler
1: Okay, so that is where we stand coming out of Sunday. Uh, We have a rarity tonight, two Monday night football games. Uh, What isn't rare is that Ryan Clifford is going to preview those Monday night games with us. He is there now, ready to talk a little uh, Packers, Giants, and Titans, Dolphins. Uh, Column will be up over at FantasyGuru.com momentarily. Ryan always helps us with uh, what we call showdown slates. Um, I guess this isn't really a showdown slate. How do the slates work? Like, can you can you choose one game or the other, Ryan? Can you combine them? Like, how are they setting
2: things up for a doubleheader of Monday Night Football? Yeah, you've got the basic uh, two-game slate uh, set up just like your main slates are, and then you've got the two showdown slates. So pick your poison tonight.
1: Uh, what's your poison? What are you leading? Do you play one or the other? Are you playing both? How are you going to kind of play it tonight? I
2: play all three, Kyle. <laughs>
1: But are you going to be in more leagues of the combined games or more of like a showdown of this one versus that one?
2: Yeah, I think I think most of my focus will be on the two-game two, game, two game okay. slate for sure.
0: All right, Ryan. Tyreek Hill, what are we doing? We got to play him, the chalk, because everyone's doing it, even though the price point's so high?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. Um, this Tennessee defense is just – they're awful. Jeffrey Simmons is not playing tonight, so they're going to be somehow even worse. <laughs> um, you know, something I do mention in the the article that I'm writing today is, you know, Devon Achan and Tyreek Hill, to me, two, two of the top plays on the slate. Um, Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert are not going to get much attention, I don't think, here. Uh, and, you know, great pivots to me for GPP play. Um, Tyreek Hill and A-Chan, we've seen both of these guys multiple times. Seems like every game. Um, both of these guys are coming off the field for some, you know, type of ailment or, uh, you know, I I don't like to use the term injury prone, but, you know, these two guys are, are definitely that.
0: Ryan, uh, speak a little bit more about the idea that, because this comes up a lot, even this late into the season with people who play DFS, is that they sometimes struggle with the chalk versus non-chalk, the I got to play this guy versus I don't want to play this guy, the well, Mostert's not going to be as highly owned. Do I get him in my lineup, even though I think H-Han's got the higher upside uh, potential? How do you handle that question in general? Because I think it trips a lot of people up. They, they sometimes don't have the success that they think they're going to do because they may not be doing the game theory part enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean what it boils down to in simple terms is, you know, if, if Tyreek Hill has 80% ownership, do you think there's better or worse chance that, you know, than 80% that he's going to wind up in that, you know, winning lineup. You know, if you think it's better than 80%, you probably want to roster him more than what the field has. You know, if you think it's less than 80%, you don't want to completely get, go off of him, but you know, having a little bit less than the field may be the play. You know, you look at pivots, you know, what that, I think good chalk versus bad chalk to me means, you know, if there's a pivot available, that's going to be lower owned, and you think could score about the same as the higher owned guy, then then you might use that pivot to get, uh, you know, you look at the game theory. You know, that's what that basically is. You want to take the lower owned guy that may score the same amount of points. Well, let's
1: spin that game theory to the quarterbacks because of these four teams, two guys really stand out, you know, Tua uh, and Love. And I'm just 90% of lineups, I don't know, but they're going to, do the other two guys deserve thoughts? Tommy DeVito and Will Levis. Where do you stand on those two guys as, you know, the the, the pivots, if you will, at quarterback?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like either of them. Um, will Levis, I think he's got a really bright future in this league. I just, this offense, they don't have a chance this season behind that offensive line. Uh, you know, he's got DeAndre Hopkins on the field and, you know, a bunch of nobodies, basically. Um, so... I don't like Le- Leavis. Tommy DeVito. I, I, that says it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's one of those guys you take a shot and then you're like,
1: sure, Tommy DeVito,
0: let's
2: do it. And then you're like, why did I do that? Yeah.
0: Well, there's always pay, pay down players, uh, Ryan, on any of these slates. And we have so many more options tonight to diversify. But let's just look at the tight end position in general. It's often obvious, like, we. oh, everyone's going to be using this tight end, or no one's going to be using this tight end. we got four teams tonight. Is there an obvious play tonight? Is there someone that you're interested in at the tight end position that you think, yeah, maybe they'll be in that lineup?
2: Yeah, it's a wasteland at the tight end position tonight. Yeah. I think most people probably go to Conquo. Um Tucker Craft of the Packers is going to get some ownership. Uh, and then you've got Daniel Bellinger and Durham Smith on the Dolphins, so... Not much to love there. I think Okonkwo for me is my preferred play, especially you look at that game script. Titans are going to be trailing. I'm sure they're going to try to test Miami with Derrick Henry, but they've abandoned that uh, strategy pretty early in games when they get down. So I think that, you know, we'll see a lot of Levis dropping back and trying to throw. So to me, Okonkwo is, you know, close to the obvious play tonight. Um, you look at the Giants defense, they are very good against the tight end this season. Uh, I think they rank two or three in the league um, at limiting tight end fantasy production. So to me, a Conquo is, is my top play pretty obvious one too.
1: Let's dig in on the Packers offense. Um, doesn't sound like Aaron Jones is playing Christian Watson is out as well. I, I noticed over on DraftKings um, they just kind of split the baby with ranking wide receivers when Watson's status was unknown. So Dobbs, Reed, Watson, and Wicks. Those four receivers are within about a thousand bucks of each other. Uh, again, Watson is out. Dobbs, Reed, or Wicks, are you filling any of those three with the matchup tonight against the Giants?
2: Yeah, I really like Jaden Reed. Um, you look at the splits with uh, for Reed with Watson in the lineup and with him out of the lineup. Uh, and Reed is, is playing really well when Watson's not in the lineup. He's producing really well. So, uh, Romeo Dobbs is obviously going to be like the, the wide receiver one for Green Bay. Um, I just don't know how much they're going to need to throw tonight. Uh, you got A.J. Dillon getting another week as the workhorse back against a Giants team that's just is not going to put up points. So I like Dillon. Jaden Reed I like a lot as a kind of, you know, on DraftKings with that PPR scoring. Um, that, those are the two places I'll probably go with Green Bay.
0: Ryan, I, I don't play the Monday night slates. You're that guy for us, which is why you're here. And we talk about the, the defense at times, right? Usually it's one or two. Now we got four options. Um, what are we looking at with the defensive side of things tonight? Any of these four uh, squads potentially going to be in a lineup for you this evening?
2: Yeah, I think I like Green Bay. Um, no team in football has given up more sacks than the Giants. Uh, I think they're also one of the teams that is throwing the most interceptions in the league. Um, definitely not looking at Tennessee definitely not looking at the Giants so I think it comes down to the the Dolphins versus Green Bay for me I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty popular um, so to me I, I'm looking at the Packers I think they're the best play on the slate they project the best and probably will not be the highest owned so I like that too got four teams in play which uh, means numerous
1: punts available on the way out the door Ryan give us one punt that you like from any of these four teams for tonight
2: um i'll say nick westbrook akina of the titans um again i think the titans are gonna be throwing a ton Traylon burks looks like he's more of a depth option at this point for this team uh, westbrook is the wide receiver too there so i'll say him
1: column will be up uh, momentarily a two-game slate of monday night football both games starting at 8 15 uh, Ryan and the crew, all these guys will be hanging around discord as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, maybe we'll get the official news on Jones, but it does sound like he's going to be out for tonight. Um, uh, should be fun, you know, a little different than usual, uh, if you're playing the two game slate, but you are able to choose just the uh, showdown slate if you'd like. So whatever you're looking for, hit up the column, hit us up in discord, get you set for the uh, fun DFS play on uh week 14, Monday night, uh, Ryan, good stuff as always. And, uh, we'll talk to you come Thursday night. Okay, man. All right. Take care guys. Ryan Clifford hanging out with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Always appreciate him jumping in and being patient with Ray and I as we kind of finish up our run-through of everything Sunday. Uh, Speaking of patience, a few questions popping up in there, Ray. Uh, One was a dynasty trade. This is uh, Greg Martinez. I believe this initial question, the one you see there on the screen, I I read this and it says Rico Dowdle for a first-rounder and Sam Howe. But then he followed that up and said Rico and a first for Sam Howell. So <laughs> I don't know exactly what we're giving up or what the trade is. I, if it's Rico and a first for Hal, he has Fields, Carr, and Bryce Young. I would not make this. I, I would not make that trade. To me, Sam Howell Ray is not a guy that I'm like, oh, I got to get Sam Howell and I'm giving up a, a possible RB2 or I'm giving up a first round pick in my dynasty league. I, I wouldn't take that if it's, I can give up Rico Dowdle for a first-rounder and Sam Howell. I'm still not crazy about it Mm -hmm. unless I have a really good running back depth. I I think Rico Dowdle, Ray, I I don't want to say he can be a top-20 running back, but I think in dynasty leagues, he's a pretty decent depth play. Um, You know, when you have injuries, when you need a flex with bye weeks, and you just don't have this giant need for a quarterback like Sam Howell at least I don't see it I I think Sam Howell Ray odds are the commanders are bringing in a new staff next year I mean Eric Biennium may not even be there he may go to Chicago he's being rumored as their next head coach I'm not certain Sam Howell's even with the commanders nor is he starting with this team next year
0: well the first thing to realize is Tony Pollard's a free agent after this season if I'm not mistaken Mm So Dowdle could end up being the starter with the Cowboys. And if he is, he is a top 20 running back. Um, you've got Justin Fields. Justin Fields is it. Okay. You don't need a second quarterback. Derek Carr is not very good. He's fine as a backup guy. Bryce Young, yeah, he's terrible. But and, it's nice.
1: Here's the thing with Car Ray. It's not like he's retiring next yeah. year. I, I mean, no. he's gonna be the Saints starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, he admitted he's has three broken ribs he's been playing with this year. This report just came out this morning, too. He's not good. But he's perfectly fine as your second quarterback in the Dynasty League. Because again, I think Fields is locked down top 10 quarterback. I don't do this deal for those reasons and for the fact that Sam Howell's just not very good. You know, I mean, a lot of Sam Howell this year is he's thrown it 44 times a game Mm -hmm. and he's turning the football over a ton. He's thrown all these. Everyone talks about Josh Allen. I get it. Sam Howell's right there with him in turnovers. Sam Howell, he's not. Well, and and, and then
1: Greg says, well, it's a super flex, which, okay, that's, you know, this is information you need. But, but, again, you've got three starting quarterbacks. Now, you may say, well, I think Sam Howell's better than Carr and, and Bryce Young. And that's – you Fair. can have that opinion. Again, I don't think he's certain to be the QB in Washington. Okay? So, I, I would say that first. Number two, do you give up, like Ray said, a guy who could be a starting running back and your first-round pick in the Dynasty League?
0: It also matters where the first-round pick is. Is it pick yeah. two? Is it pick I, four? Overall, is it pick 14?
1: Yeah. And so, a lot of this Ray has to do with my thoughts on Sam Howe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this idea that Sam Howe will continue to throw the football 45 times a game may be very, very different with a new staff.
0: It'd be 32 with a new staff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If the commander and and so you're you're playing a guessing game with a guy that I don't think is the answer. Now you can notice Greg, who asked the question. We we see his uh his um mm. emblem there. You
0: can't be a fan of Sam Howe? Well,
1: and he's very close to the situation, and you're hearing constantly from everybody with the Washington organization, he's the future, and he's our guy. I'm pulling away. I, I don't think he's the future. I don't I don't see it with Sam Howell. His his mistakes, Ray, are terrible. He's, he's a step above Desmond Ritter. He's got more arm talent, but he has a lot of bad decisions, bad mistakes. I think a new coaching staff wants a new guy, and, and will go out and get it in free agency or go out and get it in the draft, I think, this season.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm looking at this, and then I just – I can't for all the reasons we're saying. I think that you said it well. He's not one of the five worst quarterbacks in football. Let's say he's quarterback 17 or something or 18. And, again, as a super flex QB, two, he's fine.
2: He's Mm -hmm. fine.
0: He's not good. I don't see there being another step. I think the concerns about his role and the offense and all that is totally valid. Um, I think that his future is is certainly – as uncertain as Derek Carr's, if we're yeah. playing it that way. So I just, oh, I don't think. think more
2: it, uncertain. I yeah, think and uncertain. It,
0: yeah. So I just, it's not the move I would make. It. It's, it's not a yeah. terrible trade by any means. You, you're really, not you're to a,
1: you know, you're adding a third quarter, a fourth quarterback, and, and now you've got three quarterbacks who are all kind of in the same boat. Yeah.
0: And what if Bryce Young takes a step next year yeah. and now Bryce Young is quarterback 19, right? Now, now he's 19, Carr's 18, Hal's 16. I mean, it, they're all the same guy, kind of, right?
1: Or one is, uh, want to say uh, the juice is not worth the squeeze there. Uh, Trigger Finger Studios. He has the Packers D tonight, Ray. He's up by six. No penalty for benching him. Win and get in. I'd bench him. Ray, I mean, the likelihood of minus seven is 1%. But if that 1% happened, what did we have last week, Ray? The Cleveland Guardians won the Major League Baseball draft on a 2% chance. True. So I, I guess I'd bench him. If there's no penalty, why wouldn't you bench him? I mean, we're in the playoffs, it says. I mean, if I win, I'm in. So,
0: I him. mean, if you have a six-point lead, the only way this gets overturned is if 10 players on the other team all have <laughs> something happen or there was a touchdown that they didn't count, right? Yeah. I mean, so that is – usually it's like one point or two points. This is a big enough lead. Okay. Personally, yeah. I don't know of many leagues. Are you in a league where you can get a minus seven on defense? I don't even – I don't even think I am. There's gotta be a
1: way. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, like maybe, but you give up a hundred points to the Giants. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, if you're in the playoffs, your point total this week doesn't matter to seeding or anything like yeah. that. I think the lead is big enough. Just you know, you could just bench them. But again, <laughs> but I mean you're me?
1: correct. Look at your scoring and see if there's even a
0: way. Yeah,
1: to get minus. I mean, I,
0: would you? I mean, again, if you've got it, one do it. But I, me, I don't ever bench a group. I just, I don't take a zero, but again, I'm not in a league where I can get a minus seven on defense. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff
1: there. A lot of fun to recap Sunday. Now you might be wondering, I thought these two guys really liked the baseball. Aren't they going to talk about Otani to the Dodgers? Not today, tomorrow we will. Uh, Today, I mean, it's just crazy football times. There's so much news going on. Uh, just saw a report. Justin Herbert, he's out for week 15, as expected. Ray and I talked about him. So his status down the stretch, I, I think, is a huge question mark. If you have Herbert and you're in the playoffs, Go get you're, Sam going, Howell. Joe, no. you're going Joe Flacco. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or yeah. Nick Mullins.
0: Yeah,
1: that's kind of what you're looking at. Uh, tomorrow we will be back. We'll recap both Monday Niners. Um, we'll talk Otani. Basketball with Justin Finsterman. So we'll be busy again tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Ray, a pleasure today. Always good. Uh, Folks, check out that new all-in NFL package down to 75 bucks. H-O-H-O. Ho-ho, as Ray says. And Ray, we'll do it again on Tuesday. Have a good one.
0: Yeah, you too, Kyle. Looking forward to it.
1: Hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you along for the ride, recapping all things week 14. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.